1: It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics.
0: Welcome to episode 467 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast, the first of 2021. Thanks so much for listening. This week it's the return of Jay Magnum from the great Astral series of original graphic novels. He's hard at work on the third Astral Alliance. We talk about the progress he's making and about what projects he has coming up in the near future as well. We also get into the industry some and talk about what we can expect from him in 2021 so I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's kick off 2021 right now. It's great to welcome back to the podcast Jay Magnum, the creator of such good things as Astral Genesis and Astral Evolution and a whole series of great graphic novels that are available right now. Many other good things. How are you doing, Jay?
1: Yeah, really good, Wayne. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's great to be here and uh, it's great to be talking once again to your listeners.
0: Well, it's good to talk with you as always because I enjoy your books, and we want to start out. There's a very important thing to let people know. If you go to astralgenesis.com, there's a red button that there that actually says "Click here to get a free copy of the award winner Astral Genesis." now if you go there and you click on that button you can download a digital version of Astrogenesis, the very first and if if you need to take a break from listening to this we understand go ahead and, and read that so you'll know a little bit better about what we're talking about but if you're ready we'll j- dive right in anyway and start talking about it in case somebody doesn't know talk about what Astrogenesis is
1: okay sure and the reason that we give folks a chance to uh head over to astralgenesis.com and click that big red button under the scroller and download that free copy is in case we get into spoilers here on the podcast, we want to give everyone an opportunity just to stop it and go read the book if they want on their own and then come back. And that way, you know, you're not spoiled. So, but uh, yeah, talking about the story. So yeah, Astral Genesis is a sci-fi action graphic novel. It's the first in the series of uh, actually three going on four so far. The first two books are already out. That's Astral Genesis and Astral Evolution. And our third book is in process right now as of January, and we expect that to be out in digital form in the first quarter of 2021. Happy New Year to everyone who may be listening to this in January. And the print copies should be available sometime in the second quarter of 2021. So that's the third book. And I'm in the process of writing the fourth adventure right now. So back to, back to your original question, Wayne, I just want to do a short intro, just so everybody kind of knew set a point of reference. You know what we're talking about here? Uh, It's all relative, right? So Astral Genesis is the first book in the series. It's uh, like I said, sci-fi action, graphic novel, 120 pages of content with some bonus content at the back. And uh, it's about, uh, kind of a a ragtag band of misfits that have to somehow get together and learn how to work together to repel an alien attack and the attackers, the malevolent aliens are called astrals. And so what we find out in the book, not giving too much away here, but uh, one of the, uh, ragtag band of misfits, uh, at least at the beginning, unknowingly, uh, is one of the astrals. So that's kind of the twist on it. So the astrals are the bad guys, and we have one of the bad guys, or maybe I should say bad girl, is part of the, uh, the ragtag team that's trying to stop them.
0: I love the strong female character. I, I, I'm big on strong female characters leads and and other characters too she's a lot of fun she is (laughs) badass in the in the pure sense (laughs) of the word which i like on 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 many levels and so she's just a great character and i like the people around her too we talked about this the last time you and i discussed this there's a lot of great characters in this series. And I just enjoy them and reading them. So uh, uh, it, it's just a lot of great stuff going on. I think you've done a great job of crafting a great sci-fi story. That's a lot of uh, action and adventure and great characters. So I, I think you'd be congratulated on that. And one of the ways you get recognized for doing that is winning awards. And if you go to astralgenesis.com, there's a flashing uh, banner that goes by and uh, when you get to the level that talks about astrogenesis, genesis, you can see on the cover, there's like five awards or, or, or finalists or even in the running or something. Do you want to talk about that? How did astrogenesis genesis do? I mean, what, what, uh, which awards, uh, I'm sure we should pay attention to all of them, but what, uh, you know, what happened with those awards? What was going, how
1: did you get those? Right. Sure. So. Uh, Yeah, both books that are out right now, uh, both Genesis and Evolution, uh, have won several independent book awards. Uh, These uh, contests are mainly for books, uh, not so much for individual comic issues. And I should say that's one of the benefits of writing these graphic novels. Uh, One of the things I like about it so much, and and one of the things that uh, the fans have let me know uh, at the conventions and when I meet them, uh, what they like about it so much is that uh, each one of these graphic novels is essentially about six comic books worth of content. So it's not unlike a trade paperback that you might get from Marvel uh, or DC, and it contains you know a full story arc, uh, start to finish, although there are some story threads that permutate you know, between uh, each of the books. you know, there are threads that span the entire series and and then of course each uh, story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So there's a benefit to having it in book form, right? because uh, these contests for uh, independent press, Uh, are uh, probably something like better than 95% or 98% pros. So they do have uh, sections uh, and categories for uh, comics and illustrated books, graphic novels. And so uh, I, of course, you know, (laughs) with great respect to the people that worked on these, uh, my art team and, and my editor, uh, I entered uh, the both books uh, in separate years uh, into these contests, <clears throat> and uh, we did uh, win uh, the Independent Press Award with uh, Astral Genesis. Uh, we did uh, also win the American Fiction Awards with Genesis. We also won the Reader's Favorite Award for Astrogenesis, and that was an illustration-related award. And then uh, for Next Generation Indie Book Awards, we finalisted that one. And for the National Indie Excellence Awards, uh, we also finalisted that one. So – Once again, several awards for Genesis, and then the next year, Evolution, uh, much repeated the same thing. Uh, I believe we also, on that one, we won the Independent Press Award, and then the other ones were like a mix of winning and finalisting uh, the other contests that I just talked about uh, for the sake of brevity. So both of the books have uh, several awards on them, and uh, like I said, it it really uh, is a testament to the team that worked on them. I'm very proud of the team. I think that uh, they deserve to be recognized for the hard work that they put into it. And I also think that the contests recognize all the work that we put into it, you know, from a content perspective, not just the uh, illustrations, but, uh, you know, I'm the writer, creator, producer, storyteller, so I get to create the stories. And uh, the thing that sets the Astral series, apart from other comic series, is that it's very much relatable and character based. And I think you touched on that before a little bit, Wayne. Uh, The characters are very deep. Uh, They're very well fleshed out. Uh, They live in their own universe. The universe has rules. And uh, the the story takes place in the near future. So it's not the far distant future where you have to learn a whole bunch of new terms and planets and things to understand anything. Uh, It starts off being very much Earth-based. And so just about anybody can jump Into it and feel comfortable and warm up to the characters and relate, and I think that's one of the reasons that we've done so well with the uh, with the awards. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I really enjoy it. I one of the well two of the things I like about it is is there's character growth going on, and there's also. Mystery involved with some of the things we, we get to learn a little bit about them. We don't know everything when it starts out, but as things go along, we, we learn about the characters. And I like that, you know, cause I, I don't know everything about my coworkers and stuff. Like when I worked in an office and things like that. And so as time went along, we learn about each other and stuff like that. And I, I think that's the way this is. We, we get to learn about these characters and we get to understand when they're faced with, uh, you know, danger and stuff like that, how they react and the, with the skills they have available to them. We don't know everything about them all at the beginning, but as we go along, we get to know them. And I think that makes it a very realistic thing. That's one of the great realistic things about these books is that. And even in a science fiction setting like this, we get a chance to understand the characters better. And I, you know, I, you know, I always feel the more human the characters are, the better. Uh, we are to relate to them. And I think that that's, that's one of the strengths of your books. And I just think that's, gosh, you know, I, I you know, when I started reading comics, when the Justice League, you know, of America, way back in the Gardner Fox days, uh, to how old I am. And I would read those books and everybody was interchangeable. You know, if you took Batman's costume and put them on Superman, they often did. Basically, it was the same person. It was just the powers that were different. But you know that was back in the sixties, and that's the way people looked at things. But now we want realistic people that we can understand and relate to, and I I think that your books are a great example of how to do that.
1: Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. And you know, it's true. A lot of the uh, attraction, I think, uh, of uh, our fans to these uh, books and, and this series. Is that interpersonal relationship you're talking about between the characters? And you know, starting off, some of that is built in, and here's where I start to go into uh, spoiler territory. So, like I said, <laughs> go download those books and <laughs> download Genesis and read it. But uh, you know, as we start off, you know, the, our leading man, uh, John Devane, uh, he uh, in the story starts off, you know, with having a previous relationship with our uh, sciency uh, chick, uh, who is uh, her name is Jeannie Lewis. So they they sort of have a Past, uh, uh, sort of a, they're exes now, so they've had a kind of a rocky romantic past. And uh, also uh, of note, uh, Jeannie has a tenuous relationship uh, with her daughter, who has kind of gone uh, the opposite way uh, than her mom, and she's kind of into the goth kind of stuff and the punk rock stuff. So they have an interesting uh, relationship there. And, you know, before uh, you mentioned uh, our leading lady, that's uh, Lila, uh, she's. Uh, uh, a half astral, uh, half human, uh, enhanced hybrid, and so she has uh, superhuman strength and a few other surprises. And uh, about Lila, you know, she starts off kind of, you know, coming out uh, not knowing anything about uh, humanity or, or uh, people or relationships or anything. And uh, it's it's how she starts off interacting with the characters and and learning how human relationships work. And, and so there's a lot of exploration there. And and also uh, then we have another character uh, who's sort of our uh, uh, I don't know what you would call him uh, maybe in D and D it's like your thief you know the 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 kid who kind of flies under the radar and can uh, you know uh, break into any uh, computer system you know computer hacker and he's he's a thief and all this other good stuff and uh, wanted by the government and so he's kind of uh, uh, working on a clandestine level and you know so his relationship with the team is also somewhat tenuous and uh, his his background is. uh, You know, he comes from Russia, so it's – he has an interesting perspective on, uh, you know, the United States and uh, the the way uh, uh, the culture works in the United States. So, and what I think a big appeal of all this is, is that because the characters are so different and so well fleshed out and and have such interesting backgrounds and have such interesting ways of interacting with one another is – I get to pepper the script with a lot of humor. So that's the other factor to all this is it's very funny. I I love writing the jokes. Uh, I love writing the interactions and the banter between the characters. And it's very funny. And so, you know, we're dealing with, uh, you know, pretty heavy concepts here, right? Alien invasion, alien attack, you know, uh, people could be dying, you know, on large scale and stuff. And it, it, there's a lot of gravity there, right, with a plot like that. So the way you lighten it up is with a little bit of humor. And so that's what I like to do with these characters is uh, through their interactions, we uh, we get into a lot of uh, exploring of the human condition, but we also, uh, it, it's fertile ground for jokes and humor. So I, I hope you, uh, you appreciated that part of it as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, believe me, I, I, I appreciate it because I, I, I was part of a, a Star Trek group and there was one guy who loved nothing better than throwing out bad jokes all the time. And we started to write stories about ourselves as if we were a Star Trek ship. And the hardest person to write was him because I couldn't write those bad jokes the way that he would do it. And we actually ended up employing him and saying, now, what joke would you say at this point? And he would throw the bad joke in there and we say, Okay, that works. So I'm not good at humor. That's uh, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I can I read it and I enjoy it and I, I thought you did a beautiful job of it, but you know <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. So I have to all I can do is admire that kind of talent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun putting the characters into these different mixes and then the the, the humor kind of naturally springs out of it so that's that's how it works for me when i'm writing these things like for example just right now you know I'm, I'm into writing uh the fourth uh book and so uh like i said first one genesis second one uh evolution third one is astral alliance we just did a kickstarter in 2020 at the end of that for it uh and then uh so that one's uh just about finished on the production so i'm heavy into writing Writing on the fourth uh, graphic novel, which is called uh, Astral Vengeance. And so, as as I'm writing uh, this thing, you know, throwing the the characters together, you throw different characters into the mix. And I I love it because, you know, the humor just seems to flow so naturally from it. Uh, It's just a lot of fun.
0: Do you know how many volumes you're going to have in this story?
1: Well, the short answer to that is uh, as many as we can afford to make, <laughs> okay. but uh, no, it is it is planned. No, that's, that's a good question. So um, I, I don't know. I think we might've said this uh, in the previous podcast, but uh, I'm sort of following the Lucas model in that uh, I think trilogies are, are uh, a good structure to use. So um, right now in my head, I've got three trilogies planned out with the possibility potentially for more. It just depends on how, how much people love it, uh, how much people want. Uh, obviously, we have the first trilogy uh, is is complete. Essentially complete at this point. The book will be out uh, in the first half of uh, 2021 in digital and print form. So that'll complete that first trilogy. And then there's four, five, and six. And so I'm working on four right now, and then five, or, five, and six are being planned. And then I've got a, a loose uh, outline for seven, eight, nine, and you know we can go beyond that. But uh, so we're, we're approaching sort of the halfway mark for what I had plotted out of my head. I guess halfway through book five would be technically halfway through the entire thing but we're getting there we're getting there and uh, people really seem to uh, to enjoy it so and, and let me just say one other thing if i could it, it helps to manage the story arcs too because again you have uh, story and character arcs that span individual graphic novels Uh, start to finish and then you know you have longer arcs that span the trilogy right so they they're incepted in the first or second book of the trilogy and concluded at the end of the trilogy and then there are some arcs that span the entire series so there are some arcs that might start off in uh, genesis and evolution aren't resolved until episodes uh, six and five and six or maybe even seven eight nine so we have the whole thing It, it takes a lot to to keep it all managed but uh I think I'm doing a pretty good job so far.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know that's good writing because I uh, we've been watching the practice. We started watching it again, and it was interesting in the first couple episodes. Some of the stories that they started there that didn't really uh, you know roll out until second, third season of the show. And I'm always I, – I, I love that when that happens because I, I always compare it to like driving. If you get in the car and you drive and you just sort of wander around, I mean, sometimes that's fun. But you usually want to go somewhere when you're driving. There's a purpose to it. And with riding, I feel the same way. If if somebody knows what they're doing and you can tell that, it's much more fun to let you drive than it is to sort of meander around. And say, oh, there's something over there. And, oh, there's – you know I like that in the way that you do that, that, we can tell that you have a destination in mind. And I think that's a big, it, it really makes us comfortable to let you drive, like I said. And I, I just think that's one of the, the strengths of the stories too is, is that ability of, for you to take us places.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, I have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, I would just encourage everyone that uh, that likes Astral and likes the books, uh, you know, support us. And, and I would, you know, by buy, obviously by buying the books. Uh, but I would say that in a more general sense for uh, all indie productions, right? There's a, certainly a lot of high-quality uh, indie productions out there. I've certainly supported a bunch of them. Uh, it, 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 the, the sales uh, for the indie titles uh, are really important to us because, Um, Us indie creators, uh, we don't have the multi-billion dollar marketing budgets that the DCs and the Marvels have. And uh, even if you had a team of indie folks that we're all just contributing one thing or another. Like, you know, one person contributes line art, one person contributes the coloring, another person contributes the lettering, and then maybe you have another person that contributes putting the whole thing together, you know, the the production aspect of it. Even if everyone is volunteering their time, there's still substantial costs in producing these things like, you know, for example, printing the books. I mean, especially if you're talking about graphic novels that are one, two, three hundred pages or whatever. Uh, that's not cheap. I mean, it's <laughs> they get up there. So, you know, I would just say, uh, j- just a plea to everyone who's listening to uh, support your local uh, indie creators because uh, we can certainly uh, all use the support and that's one good way uh, to keep these stories coming and to help keep us independent so that we don't have to, you know, go after the big shops. And of course, you go after the big shops, you, you get their uh, logo put on your books and all of a sudden what, what happens, right? Your, your subject To their editorial control, right? So, in some way, they may decide to uh, affect or alter your story. And I I remember, trying to remember back, I'm pretty sure I saw in a documentary somewhere that uh, while Star Wars, for example, was being made in 1977, that in some aspects, uh, you know, George Lucas was doing it very independently, but that, you know, the studio, you know, had some concerns, but he fought off, you know, a lot of the meddling that they wanted to do. And I think the end result, I think we all agree, was was definitely worth it it's the same way for uh, indie creators, whether it's comic books, graphic novels, you want to stay independent. And and so uh, for all the listeners out there, you know, the more you can help uh, support us indie creators, uh, uh, the better quality. I think you're going to get better quality of stories and books, and uh, we certainly appreciate uh, all your support. So the people who have uh, purchased Astro Books, I just wanted to say uh, thank you very much. We really appreciate your support. It's very important.
0: See, I bought the first issue, uh, first volume. I, I don't remember which one it was because I've seen you at several conventions and stuff like that. And I, I, I got that. Now, having said that, how do people get your books? What's the way for them to go out and buy? Let, let's not only the trade paperback. Do you? I'm sure you can get digital versions as well. How oh, do sure, they do yeah. that? Beside the Kickstarter.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Well, so again, it's it's all back to that uh, that thing we talked about uh, earlier. It's the same method that you would go about uh, to download the free copy of uh, the free digital copy of Genesis. Go to astrogenesis.com, but instead of clicking on the big red button to get your free book, there is uh, a menu option uh, in the main menu of the site, just under the logo that says "Buy Books." So if you click on that, you go to our merchant site, and that's got all the permutations of all the books uh, listed there, uh, and and you can pick them up there whether it's digital or physical uh, books and of course i probably should mention at this point since we're talking about it we have a lot of uh, variant covers uh, alternate covers available as well by uh, popular and and upcoming and even established uh, artists like bill mckay and jerry ordway uh, come to mind uh, right off the bat although we've had some great um uh, homage covers done by Bill Walco as well. And uh, Ryan Kincaid's another really popular artist. So you can pick up those uh, variant covers uh, on the site as well. And uh, these books, uh, the physical books, they do come in soft cover and hard cover. So like I said, there's a lot of choices out there, so I'm sure there's something for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Now, I, I, let's see. It's uh, the, the order is Astral Genesis, and the second one is...
1: You just Astral. click on uh, Buy Books.
0: Yeah, I know, but but I'm trying to remember the sequence they come in. It's Astral Genesis. Oh, yeah, the reading order.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So the reading order uh, is Genesis is first. Just think of it. You know, Genesis, obviously the first book of the Bible, so that's easy to, to remember. Uh, that's the first one. <clears throat> Second one is the only other one that's currently on the market right now, which is Evolution. And then we have Alliance is the third book. And then if anyone's listening to this late, uh, we may, uh, depending on when you're listening to it, we may have Astral Vengeance out. That's the fourth one. Uh, so they go in, in that order. And what I'll do, because I think you're right, uh, Wayne. I think it could get confusing to people. So what I'll do is uh, like in the I don't know, maybe uh in one of the, the front pages of the book, maybe where like the copyright info is. I'll put like a reading order so that uh, mm. if you're collecting multiple books, you're kinda of reminded. But but then also uh, on the physical books, on the spines, they're also numbered on there too. So it's Because oh, okay.
0: you know, some uh there are some books series that it's hard to keep track of. I, I I literally have gotten like, gosh, which order am I supposed to read these in? And it's you know, for sometimes indie books uh, do that, like, like, for example, Trekker is a good example of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, when I interview Ron, I'm, I'm Ron Randall, who does them. I always have to say to him, How do you keep track of what order it's supposed to be? Because I want to read him in order, you know, I don't want to read him out of sequence. And yeah. sometimes his are a little harder to follow, but he actually, Smartly put out like a little poster that shows the order that they all come in. So I said, oh, good. I said, if I ever want to sit down and read them again, because I've got all of his books because I really like
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I think I saw that. And then I saw also kind of like what I just said. Uh, I noticed that on his later books, which I'm a fan of. I've got Ron Randall's books. I've got Trekker, you know. I've got several of them. I'm not sure if I have them all because I think at the beginning, wasn't he doing comic books and then he collected them into uh, – like a larger volume or something, mm-hmm. something like that. But anyway, uh, on his later books, on one of the first pages, it's like on the opposite page. He's got here's all the Trekker adventures, and here they are in order. Yeah, so he's got that. So yeah, I think it would be uh, important to map that out.
0: For well, sure. it's da- it's daunting, you know. I I you know I, I want to. I, I will often, if I can't read the first issue, I will hold on the reading until I get that first issue. If I get it oh, yeah, digitally, right uh, same here. Because I I don't want to read something and not understand what's going on so I will do that. that's why I, I'm a big stickler on this and I know some people get mad at me but the truth of it is I want to read them in sequence I want to know what's going on and so that's why I, I'm asking that because I want people to be able to say okay this is the sequence they go in and this is what I want to get first second second and third and this is what I want to make sure I've got in order to be able to read it also I I, I, I'm, I know too many people who are like me and I just I don't want you to lose the, the business because people are looking at I go, I don't know what to do. I'd rather they know. That's my thing.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you should mention that. The way I set out to do it, uh, you could potentially pick up – okay, so the second book is Evolution. Uh, If if you pick up Genesis and start reading from there, obviously you're not going to have any problems. But the way I designed the intro to Evolution – you could pick that book up first and start reading it without reading genesis i mean obviously genesis is going to give you all the context into the into the you know the the universe the astroverse right of course and it's going to give you more information into the characters and a little more depth into that uh, in evolution we just kind of pick it up and, and start moving and you know there's less uh, introduction to the characters although there is some right so it is possible i believe to pick up uh, evolution the second book and start reading from there but it will definitely help to fill in you know some of the gaps by going back after that and reading genesis and then you go oh okay i i okay now i have a little more context behind it but uh but it, it would certainly be possible you could pick up evolution and start reading evolution to alliance to vengeance and everything would still make sense i i think there's enough um, reference material, you know, th- the way we uh, set up the characters and the story in the second one, in in evolution, that. <clears throat> You could certainly start there without much trouble. That's why, in, until we we got to the third book and the fourth book, I wasn't giving a whole lot of thought into uh, let's publish an established reading order for these things. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, really, it's it's set up so you could start with either one, and you, you'd probably still be okay. You you would be able to to make sense of it and, and understand everything that's going on if you started with book two.
0: I, I'm sure. I, it's just that I, I, you know, people call me a grammar Nazi because I, uh, but but I'm also a sequence Nazi. I want to I want to read things in order that way, and I know too many people like that to be honest. But something that I'm interested in too that I've noticed is that because I have the, the trade paperbacks, but I notice you're still selling hardcovers of like Genesis and stuff like that. I'm going to have to, because I enjoy the book so much, I might have to go back and get the hardcovers because I like to have that. And i tell you why. There is a book, uh, an indie book that I really love called Star Power.
1: Oh, yeah, and yeah. Garth I, I Graham. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? We, we mentioned some of those variant covers before. Yeah, one of the variant covers for Genesis is done by Garth Graham, so uh, I'm well familiar with his stuff. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> my, experience,
0: my experience, though, was I got to the game late. And I ended up buying trades and I loved the story so much. I wanted to go back and get the hardcovers. And so I waited a while and I kept seeing the creator and the writer, the, the artist and the writer, I should say. I'd see them at cons and I'd say, don't you have any hardcovers of the first one? Oh no, we sold all of those out. And I said, well, how, how can I get them? Oh no, people don't sell them. They really, they, they they're going to keep them. Because, you know, they like them so much. And I said, but how am I going to get one if you're not going to you're not going to do any more? And it's the, I I want the hardcovers, but how am I going to do that? And so they said, well, you know, you just have to kind of keep your ear to the ground. And I've been doing that now for over a year, and I haven't found one yet. And so I, I now I'm determined if I want to get a hardcover, I better jump in early. Because I've got all the rest of the hardcovers for Star Power. I don't have the first. And that drives me crazy because I want to get the, <laughs> the hardcover so so to this day, I, I have it set up on eBay. I have it set up on a whole bunch of other places. I contacted their store, and their store doesn't have them. And I just oh – so I see you've got hardcovers, and I'm going to have to – uh you sell the hardcovers during the Kickstarters, or, or pretty much you, we need to go through your store?
1: Uh, no, no. the, the uh, Yeah, we've got the hardcover uh, variants on the uh, the Kickstarter. So when we do the next one, which would be for Astral Vengeance, and I – don't believe that one's going to be in 2021 because we're going to be deep into production on 2021. If anything, the next Kickstarter we're looking at is probably 2022. Uh, but the hardcovers are still available through the uh, Astro Genesis Buy Books. You know, menu. You go to the merchant site. They're still there, so you can get the hardcovers uh, on the uh, on the Shop Pet Piranha uh, website. Pet Piranha is our, our company. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. You should mention that because that's true. That's absolutely true. You know, uh, let's see how long has Genesis been out now? So it's been out for a couple of. Years years. And we've moved a lot of hardcovers, especially, I got to tell you, Wayne, at the conventions, I mean, it's like, you wouldn't think, uh, like, you know, because the hardcovers, you know, re- relative to, you know, comic issues, and even to the, uh, to to the paperbacks, uh, you know, they, they can get kind of pricey, you know, I mean, you, you see, I mean, I'm not talking about uh, just my own. I mean, I, I've seen some, uh, you know, uh, my uh, uh, colleagues, you know, in, in, in my nearby booths at the convention, some of their hardcovers are running as high as, 40 and 50 bucks a pop and, you know, ours are 30 a pop, you know, and that's, that's pretty big money when, you know, a lot of people are just looking for, you know, $5 comic books or whatever. But you're absolutely right in what you said. And I found the same thing. I found that, uh, when people buy these things, the hardcovers, especially, um, whether it's through conventions or through, uh, the Kickstarters or whatever, They are not for sale on the secondary market. I mean, you look for these things on the secondary market, uh, they just aren't there. I mean, you look on eBay, you look on Etsy, you look on some of these sites, even Amazon Marketplace. Uh, I did see a couple of – I think they were the soft covers of Genesis. Uh, There's a couple of those on on the Amazon Marketplace. But that's because those are like probably like ex library copies or something. I mean, it's not people's personal copies, right? And it's true that they, they just aren't out there. People buy them and then they keep them. They hold on to them, and it's amazing. And the same thing is true uh, with what you know you just said about you know Star Power and, and Garth Graham. And another one I noticed that's like that is uh, Jason Brubaker. He did the Cythra series. Good luck trying to find some of those hardcovers. I mean, some of them are available. That there are a few that are hang- like he had big print runs of. I think three and four, but five and six are scarce. I mean, there's like no way to get those. They're out there, but he he he, uh, he uh, signed and numbered them individually or something. So, I mean, those are collectibles and people are hanging on to them. And every now and then you can find a, a copy or two of uh, his one and two uh, out there on Amazon or, or eBay. They're out there, but – I'm telling you, it is hard. And fortunately, uh, we, we've still got plenty of stock uh, of, of the Genesis and Evolution uh, hardcovers, and, and we'll have plenty of the uh, Alliance hardcovers as well. But you're right; you're absolutely right in your ab- observation that uh, I have also looked for uh, the the Astral hardcovers, and I can't find any on the secondary market. Nobody's selling them, and and these other ones, uh, Star Power and Sithra uh, too. And I, I would imagine it's probably that way for Ron Randall's. Uh, and and I, the other title that I don't see a lot every now. And and then one pops up as the hardcovers of like Section Zero. That's Carl Kessel, I think. Mm-hmm. Those are tough to find too on the secondary market. Oh. So when they do the kickstarters, it's good to grab them up. A lot of times they will have this; they always print some surplus, so they'll have the surplus available through their websites. But you're absolutely right. When they sell out, they're gone, and they would have to do another print run. And before they're going to do that and spend whatever fifteen twenty thousand dollars on a print run, they got to make sure that they can move what at least twenty five to. Thirty or forty percent of that uh, of that volume before they can you know print them.
0: Oh well, I'm glad you ordered it ahead of time because I have a little money coming my way. I'm going to order those. I'll get those uh, the hardcovers, and I'll make sure I get the third one too because I want to I want to have these in hardcover because I have a a. a, 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 a Bookcase, and in there are a lot lar- uh, many of my hardcovers that I got. I, I, there's some books I've gotten, uh, like Rust is one of my big favorite books. Uh, just a terrific series. Video game guy made it, and it's it's astonishingly good. That's that's how good it is, and, and I just. I can tell you stories about that, but anyway the uh the the thing that's important for me is i want to be able to have the good copies of that especially when I come across sometimes I'll buy a trade if i I'm not exactly sure i'll I'll go in and get the the, the the trade and then i'll if I really get to like it, then I'll go back and get the hardcover and that has. Done me wrong on times, shall I say? Sure. So I, I, I'm glad you still have it. I'm glad, grateful that you were the, the the you know had enough foresight to be able to order a goodly amount, so you still got them. So I'm going to snap those up. I think in the next couple of days, as soon as I get uh, some money coming my way, so I'll, I'll get that. On. But uh, as far as these things go, I, it's. I think you've done a lot of this stuff smartly, just like with the hardcovers. I think that you have, when I see you at cons and stuff like that, you're very well organized. You've got lots of good product. And, you know, your, your presentation, I think, is always good, too. I think that's a great thing about it. And I just, I, I can see you doing, see, if you get nine graphic novels, then you're getting into, like, Dresden File, Uh territory where, you know, I, uh, what I have to do is I have to make sure I keep up with it because I don't want to get behind. And <laughs> with the Dresden Files, I, I listen to audiobooks for those because I like James Marsters the way he does. I, I don't know. You know, the the, the Dresden Files, that's uh, uh, Butcher, I think is the name of the the writer. Yes. He does, he does occasional comics, but very rarely now. But his audiobooks I enjoy so much because of Marsters. Marsters does a beautiful job of, of giving voices to all the various characters but i have to stay up with that because if i get too far behind i'm it's going to take me so long because it takes like i don't know how many hours to listen to an audiobook and i i when i get behind like that i've got to work on that so what i have to do with something i really want i have to keep current so I, that's why when you're, i'm taking note when you're saying when the next kickstarter is going to be because i want to make sure i keep up with all these good things so i don't get behind Oh, I hate being behind. So that, that's one of the things about do that. Now, in order to keep up with that good stuff, uh, do you have like a mailing list that you have for people to sign up for? Or sure. how do you keep people informed about your stuff?
1: So that's kind of the beauty of it. So uh, anyone who downloads a uh, free copy of Astral Genesis is on the list. So you'll continue to get uh, updates about our current and future projects, and uh, including when the next Kickstarters are coming and any uh, specials that we may be having and kind of an inside look into uh, the development of the series. And, and of course I write all the emails personally. So I don't have like a, a staff member who writes it or anything. It's, it's a, a, a personal and direct uh, update email from myself. And, and I don't, uh, I don't over spam people or anything like that. I send a communication about me eh, around once a month, you know, just to kind of keep people up on uh, what we're doing, how we're doing it. And then of course you, you I'm sure you well know that uh, anybody that pledges, you know, for a Kickstarter. So, you know, you got your, uh, you know, your email list. It's going, you know, to your, uh, your fans, you know, that are on your email list going directly to their email addresses. But anyone who has uh, pledged, you know any kind of a Kickstarter uh, knows that if you've got that option enabled to receive you know Kickstarter updates through your email, uh, that you'll get Kickstarter updates. And so I publish those as well. So uh, if you if you're on my email list, then you're getting uh, my production updates. And if you've pledged an astral graphic novel uh, project, of which we've had three now, uh, you're probably also getting uh, the Kickstarter updates and the progress on uh, on those projects. So that's kind of two ways uh, to keep mm-hmm. in the loop on it
0: now in case somebody has the books and they got a little extra money to spend i noticed on your site that uh you have other products that you can buy from astro you can get posters there's magnets there's stickers and there's bookmarks that you can get so uh if it never feel like you've completely caught up with the astro stuff you can if you get a little extra money say your birthday comes and you get a, a, a these days a lot of people give the, the plastic uh gifts. Uh, If you get a plastic card with a little extra money on it, you can always go to your pet piranha uh, website and be able to get a little more astral stuff to add to your collection.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, so we've got all that, and of course, uh, all of that uh, good uh, fun stuff. You know, the good uh, fun swag. Uh, it's really there uh, in support of the books, and of course, uh, I bring most of that stuff, at least a good, a good quantity of it, to the conventions. Uh, so if you ever uh, encounter uh, me at one of the conventions, I'll, I'll have. A little bit of everything there and you can kind of take a look at it. I, I feel like, you know, from what I've experienced at the conventions, uh, people like to, and it's okay. I mean, I'm totally fine with this. People like to hold stuff in their hands, touch it. And it's, it's all good. I mean, and you should, because the stuff that we make, whether it's bookmarks, stickers, uh, magnets, whatever, uh, I always make sure that we uh, produce that stuff with the highest quality materials uh, possible. So it always feels good, you know, in hand. And, and one of the One of the uh, most popular uh, items that we have is uh, uh, holographic sparkle bookmarks, and those are the ones that uh, when you hold them under incandescent light, they've got like a little holographic sparkling going on too. Those are really cool. So I've got a few of those uh, different styles, and I bring those, and those usually get snapped up pretty quickly at the conventions. but it's all fun and and you know uh again at the conventions uh you can pick up the books you can hold the books in your hand and, and that's one thing uh about the hard covers is and we we make it all with high quality but the hard covers especially have a really good feel uh in hand mm-hmm. uh so you know you get that that nice quality heavier uh cover stock and, and heavier paper stock uh, feel in your hand and it, it feels really good but yeah no the stickers bookmarks magnets it it's all fun stuff uh, it all supports the books and uh sure yeah absolutely if, if you're checking out uh, uh on the uh, on the website you can certainly opt for uh, the bookmarks uh, most of those are cheap they're like a buck or two for the bookmarks uh, mm-hmm. and every now and then we have specials on them too so you get a bookmark free or or whatever Mm-hmm.
0: So, good stuff. Now, you mentioned uh, the you're, you're going to be finishing up the third volume in the first uh, – was it the first third of, of next year tw- or this year now, 2021. How is – is that – you're looking at maybe March or something?
1: So, yeah, uh, it's, it's just about done even right now. I mean, uh, the – all of the pages uh, have been penciled and it's a matter of just finishing off the inks, the colors and uh, plopping some lettering on them. In fact, uh, right now, as we're talking, uh, the books pages are finished and we got the covers finished too. So all the covers are done, uh, all the, uh, the back matter, the, you know, the bonus pages, all that stuff's all already done. Uh, So you're just talking about wrapping up uh, some of the art and a little bit of the lettering. I believe we're up to, we're up to around uh, page 80 is 100% complete in terms of, you know, all four steps and then plopping the lettering on. So we're we're just about there. And of course, uh, the easiest thing and the fastest thing to put together, obviously is the digital editions, right? Because you don't have any problems with distribution. You don't have to go into a printing queue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the books are put together, and of course they have to go through quality proofing process, what so takes a little time. That's where you look for, you know, little problems and stuff. So you got to get through qual- my, my, my quality control is, is very uh, stringent and, and strict. I'll tell you that. So I, I spent a lot of time proofing these things, uh, but I would expect we'll have um, the digital edition uh, because it's the fastest to produce. Uh, we'll have those out in Q1, I'm expecting, and I'm expecting the printed books probably sometime in Q2. So, I mean, if I had to take a guess, I'd say probably something like February or March 2021, you're looking at the digital editions becoming available, and then uh, probably something like June or July at the latest, you're looking at print copies. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I usually order digital and that may be what i did here but when i really like something then i go for the the hardcover i like to do so yeah and
1: i mean the only reason it it takes a little bit more time to put the printed books together is because obviously you have the printing process and if you are going to do the printing overseas which you know again with the tariffs that are in place i'm not sure whether we'll go domestic or you know go uh, overseas for the printing yet but you have to assume you'll go overseas and so when you're talking about overseas you got to build that uh that timetable in so you're usually talking about a couple of months to get it printed overseas and then you have all the logistics that has to be shipped and then uh, you've got you know uh, from port to your town and then you got uh, last mile shipping to your uh, to your facility and and all that good stuff and then of course once you get the boxes of books you gotta (laughs) what do you do you gotta unpack everything right you gotta check it so that's that's extra time and then once you've pulled out a few uh, copies and you're satisfied everything's good then you have to rewrap them because now you're going to start shipping copies out so that's mm-hmm. just because of all the extra steps that are involved the, the print copies always take a little bit longer to uh to come out but yeah digital it's easy because if if you're sending somebody a download link bam you're done there's nothing to it right mm-hmm. just a matter of hosting it
0: that's right yeah that's the thing because uh and, and you know people People who aren't involved with the process don't understand all that. They, they kind of think it just magically appears, and it's just you know, hey, where's my book? Why isn't it here? <laughs> well, uh, as yeah, you laugh because you know you've obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously somebody has done that to you because we've often you know I help out with stabby money and and uh, sometimes people come to us and say, what's taking so long? I said, well, you see, you got this and you got that. Have you ever done any work in the printing process? No. Well. I got to sit there and explain what, how this all takes time and it takes money and it takes, you know, all this stuff. That, this is why I, I cherish good stuff because, like, when I see your stuff, I, the art is honestly really great. I, I just – it's some of Thank the best you. indie art out there. I think it's just terrific. I appreciate and, You know, the, 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 the whole concept is good. Everything really works together really nicely. That's why I want to have hard covers of these. And I just – you know, sometimes I, I I like the indie when when indie people can make a terrific product, I value that more than let's say you know Marvel or somebody because I expect them to do that. But but indie people have to kind of go the extra mile and work harder to get it there, and so I have to admire and respect when, like the stuff that you do, Jake, because it's just I think it's just it's high quality stuff. I, I you know, and, and maybe. sometimes i get a chance as as a podcaster i get sent stuff to review and see if somebody wants to be on the on the podcast or stuff not everything i get is up to your standards shall we say Uh, i don't know if you've ever seen some indie books i look at some indie books and gasp oh my gosh you, you really want to talk about this <laughs> I, there was a guy i we ran into was in down in miami and he was down there and he was he had handwritten the story and done the art and everything in pencil and he xeroxed it and he was selling them for a dollar each and I, I i i looked at it and i i had i couldn't tell which was the up and which was the bottom the way it was done and i said to him i said you know you you really ought to look into some more of this, you know, cause th- there's, there's, you know, readability is a big deal. And he looked at me kind of puzzled and I was like, well, yeah, cause see you, your stuff is all, I mean, it's, it's, it compares to the stuff that, that favorably shall we say to like Marvel, DC image, all those things. I mean, when a lot of people look at it, I, I, you know, I'm like me, they think, man, this is a pro. These are pro people doing these things because it's so nicely done. And not every indie book is that way.
1: Well, yeah, and and, I mean, it absolutely is. That was that was kind of the whole point when I uh, spun up this uh, astral series of of graphic novels was to do it as professionally uh, as possible. And I mean, you just said it. I mean, we we do have a team of uh, professionals. I I should say we're we're lucky enough (laughs) to be able to have a team of professionals uh, working on it. Uh, Ariel Madell, who does the uh, the pencils for all, he has done the pencils for all the astral books uh, up to this point, even through uh, Alliance. Um, he's done work for Dynamite and Marvel, right? And uh, some of the other guys that work on our stuff, um, uh, like, for example, on uh, Alliance, we're working with uh, Rudy Sukipto. He's in uh, Indonesia. He's doing the inks, and he's also uh, done uh, work for Xenoscope and and some of these other uh, uh, mainstream-type shops and titles. And the same thing for our colorist on uh, Alliance. That's Rovel Yumil, and I believe he's also based in or around Indonesia, but same thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's a global thing. Uh, the bigger shops, Marvel and DC, you know, uh, a lot of their artists are in the States, but uh, they're increasingly going uh, international uh, for these to, to get these professional artists, and you really do get top talent, and, and you're absolutely right. And I'm very thankful and grateful to uh, all of my artists that have worked on all of my astral books, and, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, you should you should try to, you know, sort of each different phase of what you're working on, you should try to you should try to do that professionally. And so, obviously, the, the storytelling and the writing. Uh, you know, I'm a writer. I've been writing for decades. Right, different <laughs> different things, but you get a lot of experience. So, you know, my talent is is writing. So, I'm the professional in writing. Uh, we ha- we have another uh, professional that we work with. Uh, who is has his own studio, Visionary Creative Services, uh, Visionary Comics. Uh, uh, C. Edward Seldner, he runs that shop. He's a great editor and a great uh, partner. Helps to manage the art as well. Uh, and then uh, those folks I just mentioned, uh, Ariel and the other folks uh, doing the pencils, inks, and colors. They are each very professional at what they do. And it's bringing everybody together, and it's coordinating everything. And there's a lot of effort there to coordinate and make sure you know that pipeline keeps running. But we strive for perfection, and that. that's That's why I say, you know, just because we put something together, we finished it. Like, okay, we're going to put Astro Alliance together. Our production guy, uh, Jacob Baskell, right? He's also a professional um, graphic designer. So he's done professional lettering for uh, some of the IDW books. And I believe uh, he did the the Transformers Bumblebee tie-in for that movie, I believe he did the, the lettering on that book. So again, very professional stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's not enough that he just puts it together. I mean, he puts everything together, looks great. But then we go into like uh, you know whatever four weeks, six week, eight week, whatever it takes. You know, quality control process to make sure read that thing cover to cover, check it, make sure everything's done right. All the punctuations right. All the, the words are spelled right. There's no spell check, right? So you gotta mm. you gotta make sure everything's. You gotta make sure your um, in in your uh, word balloons that uh, the the proper words that need emphasis you know have them. Uh, and of course, astral has an added level of complexity. I don't know if you remember from when you back when you read Genesis or not, but. Mm. I actually created a language for the astrals. It's an alien language that has its own uh, glyphs, right? We call them astroglyphs. And so uh, they have the language. It's a real language. It has its own vocabulary and syntax. And, you know, when you were back in English class and the teacher was like, "Okay, now we're going to have fun conjugating verbs. And you go, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't imagine when I would ever use this in my life. And here I am (laughs) conjugating verbs in this astral language because you have to have, you know, the different conjugations of the verbs to make the the language work, right? And you've got to have a basic syntax and vocabulary. So it's real. It works. And so not only do I have to proofread and, you know, proof everything in English and make sure that the artwork's tied up properly, I have to then switch gears and I have to uh, proofread and, and proof the... Uh, the alien language as well. So <laughs> it's just that added uh, layer of realism. And I should say that's one of the bonuses. It's fun stuff. I have a lot of fun doing it. Creating a language is, is, is awesome. I would actually recommend that to everyone. You learn so much by doing that. And so one of the supplements that... I gave away as part of the Kickstarter for Alliance was uh, an astroglyph guide that's uh, uh, a key and a guide to understanding the language and how that works. So that's one of those things where I did all that work to make up the language. And now, you know, I can easily put that into, you know, a, a, like a PDF document. And now it's, it's uh, I mean, you don't have to have it, obviously, but it's just, it. it, it it gives the world of Astral that much more richness. If you've got that supplement, you can learn all about how the language works. And if you really want to, uh, I think there's enough in there that uh, you can learn how to you know, read it yourself if you really want to read what the what the characters are saying. Now, obviously, that said, we don't overdo it. You know, you don't want to overdo it because most people aren't going to take the effort to, to do that. But if you want to get that deep into Astral, you absolutely can uh, learn that language. And you can read the bubbles with the alien language in it. And you can see what the characters are, are saying to one another. And I think we've even got that in one of the appendices or one of the chapters of that guide is, oh, on this page of this book, you know, here's what the bubble is. Here's what's in it. Here's what he's saying, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah. Really enjoyed doing that.
0: Well, see, that that adds something fun to it because science fiction people love that kind of stuff. I know. (laughs) Mark. Mark Okrant, who created the Klingon language and stuff like that, he, you know, he talks about how, I've heard him talk about how wonderful and, and how much he enjoyed creating, you know, the guttural sounds of the Klingons and stuff like that. And I, it's you really enjoy those things when you spend all this time and make it happen. And I think it comes through in the book. You know, I think people, when they get that chance and opportunity, there's a lot of people who will sit down and say, you know what, I want to understand this. They have Klingon schools, for heaven's sakes, where people go and learn how to speak Klingon exactly the way they're supposed to and stuff. So there's a lot of people out there who who love these things. And I I think all that love comes through in the book. I think it just really does shine. And, and the astral series, so it's a really
1: good. Series. Yeah, and I would say the same thing for uh, every one of our creators that's worked on it. I, I think their love for the series uh, comes across as well in, in the artwork and the inking and the coloring and the lettering. Um, I mean, it's 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 all done very uh, meticulously, and and so and I think that's one of the reasons why the books do win so many of these awards. You know, when they go out for it, and uh, you know, we'll see how Alliance does in another year or so. Uh, but uh, I, I would think we'll probably pick up some more uh, with Alliance. But I'm just so eternally grateful to uh, all of the creators that have contributed so much to uh, Genesis and Evolution, and, and now to Alliance. And looking forward to you know continuing to work with them uh, as we move into uh, into Astral Vengeance. Uh, and speaking of that, maybe uh, we should talk about what what the cons look like for 2021. I, I've yeah. got a few cons booked, but uh, oh. I know people are wondering what's going to happen. And I guess the the quick answer to that between you and me, Wayne, is, well, we just don't really know. I, I know some of them are planning on putting them on, but I will tell you, from what I've heard from the con organizers, and I'll first tell you, <clears throat> in January uh, 2021, uh, I'm booked at uh, D-Land, which is like, I think it's the 17th, whatever the Third Sunday is right before Martin Luther King Day. It's a one-day show. And then in March, I've got Infinity Con Lake City booked. And I want to say CollectiveCon Con Jacksonville is moving back to March as well. But I'll have to check the dates on that. They pushed to, to July last year. They was supposed to be March. Then they pushed to July because of the COVID. Right. And then they held more of a limited uh, event. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, from the organizers, what I've learned is – they're still planning on it. From what I understand, these cons are still moving forward at this point in time. But I have also heard from them that if something happens, like if there's some kind of huge resurgence in uh, this uh, bug or whatever it is that's going around, if they have to somehow, for whatever reason, cancel or move it again, you know, all options are on the table. So as far as we know, they're going ahead with the dates that they've broadcast. But there's always that contingency that anything could change probably up until even a week before the event. So I would just say the best thing for people to do is just keep checking back with the websites and and, uh, the notifications. Keep up to date because that's where they'll post it. They'll email you or they'll post it on their website. But, yeah, I I know uh, several cons in Florida, which is where I am, are planning on going ahead, although – COVID protocols will be in place, you know, whatever that means. I assume masks and um, Mm -hmm. hand sanitizer, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. But personally, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, even if we have to go through all that, uh, it would be great to just see people again, you know, (laughs) Yeah. see the fans, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, here in Florida, they had two cons on the same weekend, uh, a weekend or two ago. They had uh, Spooky Empire ran one on the same weekend, Infinity toy and comic-con ran yeah they they were only like 20 miles away from each other and you know i don't know if that split the group they didn't quite get a big turnout but you know what they were able to do it and i think that was i think people like like people in january up through march and stuff are going to be everybody's going to be looking saying how to go how to go and i think that those people are going to kind of be the 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 guinea pigs for the rest of the sure and
1: and i agree i think you have to get started somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere, see how it goes. And then I think, you know, depending on what happens with the bug going around and uh, depending on what happens at the conventions, what they find is they have more success with and the things that they find they have less success with, uh, they'll adjust probably going forward. But I, I do see the cons coming back in 2021, which I think is a good thing. I think a lot of them were canceled or held in a very limited way in 2020, at least from what I'm aware of. Didn't they do... wasn't san diego held virtually i think it was yes yeah
0: online these online cons i i don't think people are going to do them anymore i don't think they get the response that they were hoping for
1: well that and you know i think honestly it's going to be easier for the smaller conventions to come back than it is the san diegos because of the amount of people so and i personally i i like the smaller conventions better i think it's more of a chance to be you know one-on-one with people i I enjoy the personal touch so yeah in most of the cons i mean the vast majority of them in Florida, with the exception of maybe Megacon, are small to medium size. So I can see those physical cons coming back, Uh, not so much maybe the Megacons right away or the uh, San Diego's right away. What do you think?
0: I I think – but there's so much money involved with New York and San Diego and C2E2 and things like that. I think that – I think they're going to at least make an attempt – So I mean, if somebody loses mountains of money if they try to do that, then I think the rest of them will say, well, no, we can't do that. But I think the early ones are probably going to do their best to make that happen because I heard so much bad about it. And I I went to a couple of the virtual cons and stuff. It was fine, but it's not the same thing. It's like watching a movie or something. Yeah. I, I just didn't get the same. You know, thing and and the thing was if you wanted to buy stuff you just you were directed to the people's website.
1: You know, right, right. You know, wow, it's and just wow. I think what you're saying kinda essentially is that you kinda lose that personal touch and yeah. although, you know, I've seen <clears throat> even people that do that and they say, oh, yeah, you know, go to my website. and they, Oh, by the way, you know, if you want your copy signed or whatever, yeah, we're happy to sign it. Sure, we'll, we'll sign your copy for you. Just tell us what you want on it, you know, whatever your name or two so-and-so. And They've been really good about that. But, but even that, you know, I agree. It's not the same thing as having the person right in front of you and sign the thing and they can take it home, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> If you got to wear a mask, it's still you're there with the person. I think that that makes a a big deal.
1: Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, I mean, you know, for the conventions that have the uh, whatever celebrity guests or or whatever, you know, and how do you manage that? I mean, they're talking about to, for doing the photo ops, you're going to have plexiglass between you and the yeah. Celebrity. It's like, and then same thing at the at the signing tables, you have to stand whatever six feet nine feet away. The intermediary hands your stuff to the person. Again, uh, not. I'm just. I'm not so jazzed about stuff like that. Honestly, I mean, you know, to be honest, most of those guys before the bug came uh, with the, with the celebrities, uh, you know, that, that I've encountered uh, at those uh, conventions, uh, they they wanted to interact with you uh, up close and personal. And I think it, it's as disappointing for them as it is for you not to be able to do that
0: hmm. Well, let, let's say you're a TV actor or something like that, and you're always on a set and, you know, you don't get the reaction. And even when you see a TV show on your TV, it's not the same. You don't get the the response. And, you know, actors love to get response. And so, you know, and, and same thing with creators. I mean, you you make these books. And, you know, when people can run up to you and say, Oh my gosh. I, I, J.M. DeMattis, I was, we were, happened to be at a booth next to him. And the whole weekend at the Cincinnati con, people were running up to him saying, Oh my gosh, you know, it's years later. We still love your Justice League and this and the other. And all. And the whole weekend he did. And then when the thing got over, I had to run up to him and say, it's my turn. I loved your Justice League, <laughs> you know, stuff. And, and he just says, he says, I love these conventions. He goes. <laughs> and it's because you know things like that goes on. It 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 gives them that response that gives them the the feeling to keep going. Sure, uh, I think it's just you know we, we we're missing that. I, I know so many creators who are just chomping at the bit to get back to conventions, and I'm I I, I think we're going to see a real movement to try to make that happen again. I really
1: do. Yeah, I agree. I I think we'll eventually get back to that. I think it's maybe just. A matter of time, you know? Yeah,
0: I agree. Now, if people want to know which conventions you're going to, I mean, what's the best way to, to find that out?
1: Right. So that's, again, uh, back to the website. So astrogenesis.com. And then uh, one of the menu options there is appearances. If you click on that option, you'll see all of the conventions uh, so far that I've been booked for this year, which again, I think is just the three at this point. I'm not opposed to booking more, but honestly, I do, I haven't really heard from anybody else yet, so uh, I guess maybe some of the other folks are taking a wait and see approach. You know, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, there's an appearances uh, menu item, and you click on that, and
0: that's now, of, what about what about social media and stuff like that? Is there how should people do that? Do you prefer them go to your website or? Uh, yeah, else? I
1: mean, website's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, and um, I'm also on Twitter as well, so that's uh, J, uh, the at J Magnum, and then. P-E-T-P-I-R, pet piranha pet per uh, and then uh, of course my email is really difficult I'm sure you're gonna have a really hard time with it but it's uh J magnum at pet com so anybody that wants to email me any questions like that uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I always respond to emails uh, as soon as I can get to them so uh, and that's uh you know we talk a lot about astral but my company is pet piranha entertainment so that's what we talk about pet piranha mm-hmm. so it's always so so, is- mm-hmm
0: is Astral going to keep you busy for a while as far as projects go? Uh, is that going to be what you're doing for a while, or are there other projects you're on?
1: Uh, no. Well, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I may be working a couple of side projects, uh, editing, writing. And like you said, you you edit as well. Uh, I may be taking on some editing projects, uh, some one-offs, maybe some independence as well. But yeah, right now my main focus is is on Astral, uh, on uh Outlining story plotting, and then, of course, writing the scripts that are used by the art team to produce the art for the books, and then you know, everything that goes along with shepherding the process and proofing it, and uh, kind of one man show when it comes to getting everything done, including the fulfillment like for the printing. So, uh, I manage all that stuff myself. So, you can imagine that. It takes up a, a, a lion's share of, of my time, but every now and then there are some slow periods, and so when that happens, I, I try to sneak in a an independent writing or editing gig here or there, and that's kind of my forte is uh, writing and editing.
0: <laughs> and those are on your, your website as well?
1: Uh well so if i get you know, into any of that and if i'm allowed to you're not always allowed to you know sometimes these are secret projects but yeah anything that i would be involved in relating to that would be uh, on my website as well there's like a, a biography or a bibliography page for me if you click on that you'll be able to see all the uh, projects that i am involved in now and and, and was involved in in whatever capacity uh, in the past as well
0: well, you're a busy guy and it shows and it shows well because the Astral series is a great series, wonderful series of books. I highly recommend it. It, it. If after listening to this, you haven't stopped to go and get that, buy the books because they're definitely worth it. I mean, whatever format you want, I think that uh, I don't think Jay here would argue with any of them, but uh, I, I'm after the hardcovers myself. So I, I think we'll get on to that. But you know, Jay, you, you do such good stuff and I cannot wait to. To get those hardcovers, I'll put them – I have a place right on my shelf that's just saved for that. reserve and space. That's right. <laughs> looking, looking for astral stuff. I mean, that's I can, what we
1: would like to hear. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> All I can say is, just, as always, keep it up. You're doing wonderful stuff, and I can't wait to get the, the, the next book. And then we'll have to talk again when the Kickstarter comes around uh, or maybe when the next book comes out so people can know
1: about that. Oh sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, and once again, I uh, want to thank you for having me on the the podcast once again, and uh, to thank your listeners uh, for uh, their contributions and and for their fandom as well. I I, uh, I love reaching out to people, so uh, thank you for having me on this platform and allowing me to do that and connect a little bit more with our friends and fans out there. It's 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 been a great experience. It always is. And uh, yeah, I, I'd love to come back. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely set it up.
0: And that's it for this week. Be back next time when we'll have another great interview with another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics.